Good morning, church. My name is Stephanie Redman, and I'll be doing leading the reading this morning, Psalm 13. To the choir master, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. This is God's words for us today. Well, good morning to everyone. It's such a blessing to be together, and I just love hearing everyone sing together. One of the things I appreciate the most about <clears throat> gathering together and, and uh, worshiping and studying God's Word is just how God directs our steps in His divine purposes and how He providentially ordains things in our lives. Uh, many times things that we take for granted, others that we may not even be aware of what he's doing. And I, I believe that the timeliness of our text this morning is one of those instances. So will you join me in a word of prayer as we ask the Lord to bless our, our study of his word. <clears throat> Father God, we're so grateful for your omniscience for your omnipresence, Lord God, from your, for your omnipotence, Lord God, and the fact that, Lord, you know what each of us individually and corporately need to hear this morning. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for your word that is living and active. We thank you, Lord, that it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts, and we ask, Lord, that you would give us the courage to receive all that you have for us in your word this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? What an amazing and overwhelming personal insight into David's heart. Do you feel the tension of what he's writing, the uncertainty, the sense of being in such a state that you have no idea where God is or if he's even there? This is what was happening with David as he wrote these words that God has preserved for us today. <clears throat> And we know that in David's lifetime, he faced what seemed to be insurmountable situations, things too great to be overcome. And he was a king. He had the financial means. He had the political influence. One would think he had the power to take care of most any situation. But instead, we find him helplessly crying out to God. How long? 
And there are some of us here this morning whose hearts are saying the very same thing. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you seem deaf to my cries for help, for answers, for clarity? How long, O Lord, will you hide your face from me? How long must I try to make sense of your indifference by taking counsel in my soul? It only results in sorrow in my heart all day long. How long, O Lord, shall others around me seem to prosper? They have no regard for you. They curse you. They mock your truths. They get promoted. They lack for nothing. And I get overlooked. You seem to care more for them. How long, O Lord, will my kids act like I don't even exist? They seem nicer to strangers than to me. How long, O Lord? How long? David appeals to the Lord in verse 3. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. If there is one thing that we can glean from these six verses, it is this. And it's all packed into the last two verses. And that is this. The steadfast love of God carries us through the darkest of days, no matter how long those days may be. Let's say that again. The steadfast love of God carries us through the darkest of days, no matter how long those days may be. Now, I realize that this can be a hard pill to swallow when we're in the midst of waiting. Consider the language David uses. He says, will you forget me forever? Will the long days of soul-searching day after day, will they come to an end? And notice the uniqueness of this psalm. There is no indication here that there is an end in sight. We see words like forever and all the day, not to mention how long. And they indicate that there's no end in sight. Does God speak to David in our text? Does God give David a reassuring answer in our text? No, he doesn't. And I believe that that is intended. Why? And don't miss this, because God already gave him the answer. And the divine truth is that in our text this morning, God has given each of us who have made a profession of faith in the death and resurrection of Christ, the very same answer. Look with me at the final two verses. It begins with, but. But. And this word, but, here is a conjunction. It joins the previous thoughts together 
It's the transition to pointing to a most glorious conclusion. Oh, Lord, my soul is weary. I feel alone as if you've turned your face from me. But, verse 5, I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. There is so much to encourage us in those two verses. Three invaluable things that we can draw from our text this morning that will greatly strengthen our hearts as we are waiting, asking, how long, Lord? And the first, David said, is trust in God's steadfast love. Trust in God's steadfast love. How long have you been waiting? A week? Two weeks? Month? Two months? Year? Two years or more? How about 40 years? Have you ever tried waiting for 40 years for something? That was the plight of Jeremiah, often referred to as the weeping prophet. He was the prophet of God who was raised up to preach a message of judgment to the southern kingdom of Judah, a call to repentance. God had forbid him to marry because of the terrible times in which he lived. Jeremiah never made a convert in 40 years. He was rejected by his own people. He was hated. He was beaten. He was put into stocks. He was imprisoned and charged as being a traitor. I wonder, do you think he asked, how long? <laughs> how long? Forever? And it is believed that Jeremiah wrote lamentations. A lament is a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. It was a lament over the eventual destruction of Jerusalem, which was then followed by Babylonian captivity. And look what he says with me at this slide as he writes in Lamentations 3.19. He says, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We live in a world that cannot be trusted where trust is violated constantly, where every, you know, you go to your mailbox, you open up the mail, and it's like, oh, I think there's something, and you open it up. And it's just something, something that else that isn't true. There's just, it's, we're bombarded all around us. There's so much that we can't trust today. I'll never forget when my dad told me the story of when he was a little boy. He was no more than five years old. And his dad, my grandfather, placed him on a fence that was about six feet high. And he told him to jump. Understandably, my father was afraid. 
He was a small boy, and my grandfather insisted, jump, son. Trust me. I'll catch you. Jump. I'll catch you. After a moment of prompting, my father finally jumped, only to have my grandfather step aside, allowing his young son to crash to the ground. And his response to my father as he cried That will teach you to trust nobody, not even your own father. Now, what possessed my grandfather to say such a thing? Well, no doubt, things that have happened in his life. But we have a heavenly father that we can fully trust, one who will never, ever, even when it seems like Our world is falling apart. He will never let us crash to the ground. Look at these words of Solomon out of Proverbs. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, my daughter, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely. And your foot will not stumble. You will not come crashing down. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. No matter how long it is taken, We can trust God's steadfast love. Secondly, David says, rejoice in your salvation. I often think of the mercies of God that Jeremiah wrote about in Lamentations. The mercies that never come to an end. And I honestly don't believe we spend enough time thinking about the mercy of God. We'd rather just bask in his grace, his unmerited favor. And while that is a very good thing to do, we appreciate God's grace all the more when we consider his mercies, not receiving what we deserve. Because of the steadfast faithfulness of God, we wake up to his tender, endless mercies that are new every morning, reminding us that rather than receiving his judgment for the wickedness in our hearts that perhaps were evident the day before, thoughts that may have even made it out of our lips, thoughts that may have even led to Uh, actions contrary to God's best for us, rather than judgment that we deserve, we receive his mercy. His mercy. We receive it anew because we wake up covered by the glorious, unmerited favor of the grace of God found in the precious blood of Christ shed for the forgiveness of sin. Dear church, 
A day mustn't go by when we don't rejoice in our salvation. Not as an event that took place in the past so that we can go about our merry way, but as an eternal truth that we can hold on to that secures a place in heaven for us for all eternity. Can we fully appreciate our salvation, the unbounding grace of God without appreciating his mercy? I would suggest we cannot. How long, no matter how long it's taking, we must trust in the God's steadfast love. We must rejoice in our salvation. And thirdly, we must sing to the Lord. Don't you just love that we're a singing church? I mean, even that, that song we did, that first song that we did, a new song that we did, it's like, uh, okay, it's new. And by the time we got to it, we're, we're just singing. Sometimes I don't even like to sing. I don't want to hear my, I just want to hear you all sing. And David's saying, sing to the Lord. And he's not saying, sing to the Lord, because the Lord finally came through. He's saying, sing to the Lord, because I trust in his steadfast love. Sing to the Lord, because I can rest in my salvation. And we gather together every Sunday, and we sing to the Lord. And the songs we sing, they're selected with care. They're selected in a thoughtful way that will complement what God is speaking to us through his word. And we must be careful as a church of ever treating them like we're sitting around a campfire singing campfire songs and eating s'mores. No. The words we sing are words of life that are offered to God, binding us together in faith. And even if we think we have a terrible voice or uncomfortable singing out loud, take the words in and let them minister to your heart. They will. Years ago, I was at a conference, and I heard a message on worship. He was one of my favorite teachers, and I, I'll never forget what he said about the value of worship. As a new believer, not having a mature understanding of what the gathering and the singing were all about, he said this. As a new believer, he sat there and he said, I sang words that I didn't understand, words that my heart needed to know. He didn't even understand what he, but he said, I, by the Holy Spirit, my heart needed to know those words that he was singing. At the very least, when we find ourselves not knowing, read the words and let the Holy Spirit let them settle upon your hearts. This is why the hymns are so beautiful. The gospel rings clear. Oldies, yes but oh, so wonderful. Consider the new song that we learned this morning, the one that we'll conclude with in our service this morning, Oh, love that will not let me go. It was written by George Matheson, who was born in the mid-1800s. He was engaged to be married, and at the age of 20, he began going blind. And when he broke the news to his fiancée, she decided she could not go through life with a blind husband. I want you to imagine what kind of heartache that would bring. 
For the next 20 years, it was his sister who took care of him. And when he was 40, his sister, his caretaker of 20 years, got married and quite possibly brought back the pain of his own heartbreak. And it was in the midst of that when he wrote the hymn, O Love That Will Not Let Me Go. And he said this about writing that song. I am quite sure that the whole work was completed in five minutes and equally sure that it never received at my hands any retouching or correction. I have no natural gift of rhythm. All the other verses I have ever written are manufactured articles. This came like a day spring from on high. Oh, love that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. Why do we sing to the Lord? David writes, because he has dealt bountifully with us. How long, O Lord? Will you forgive me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? How long? I don't know. David didn't know. You may not know. But the Lord does. The Lord knows. He ordains it, and it will be as long as the Lord deems necessary for us to learn all that he has for us. That we might hear the words of our Lord Jesus spoken in his parable of the talents. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Let me ask you this. Are you tired of holding on? Are the words, how long, playing like a broken record, ringing in your mind and heart? Dear Christian, trust in God's steadfast love. Rejoice in your salvation and sing to the Lord. Let's pray. O Lord, it is with confidence that we pray that your word is true and it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. We ask, O oh God, that you would just minister to every person here who is asking that question, Lord, whether it be a, a day, a week, a month, a year, or a lifetime. Help us, Lord, to trust in your steadfast love, to rejoice in our salvation and to sing to your glorious name. In Christ's name we pray, amen.